what if my choice was, okay, cease to exist or become a chatbot? Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, we talk about becoming immortal. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. But first, <laughs> but first, before we tell you how to become immortal, <laughs> we're going to tell you how to get a basic education. Yes. <laughs> because being immortal is so boring if you're a dope. Yeah. It's like nothing to do. Yeah. So yes, what Kelly's referring to is in, I guess it was last week's episode. And week before. Week before, sorry. Uh, we talked about sort of remote high schooling, sneaking in the back door through snow days into the mainstream public school curriculum in a couple of states, which uh, we thought was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, uh, I guess one of your friends mentioned that, hey, that already exists. Yeah, and I knew it did. I just kind of neglected to mention it during the episode. I meant to slip it in, and it just never worked out. Uh, but there are there are several, um, usually ran as businesses, but offering various accreditations, uh, online programs for high school education in particular. And uh, I mean, if you wanted to, all the way grade, all the way kindergarten through twelfth grade. Cool. Yeah, and we dug up a a website that people can go to. It's called k12.com. That gives you sort of like actually almost an overwhelming amount of information on uh, on this subject. But if you find that interesting, you can check that out at k12.com or go to the show notes and get that link. Or we could email that link to you if you prefer. (laughs) Nice segue. You like that? (laughs) Yeah. I'm smooth that way. So in case you haven't listened to the end of any of the newer episodes... Which might have happened because I messed up editing one of them. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was, it was a feature. Oh, yeah. Not a bug. Yeah, just a, a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're talking about is, folks, that you can get new episodes delivered straight to you with show notes and links to uh, anything we mention in the show, additional content, and so on and so forth. Uh, plus, you can reply and ask us questions or suggest topics for the future by going to the website, terrifyingrobotdog.com, and looking for the big, huge link that says, keep me in the loop. And if you click on that, it'll ask you for your email address, and you'll get a weekly email from us. And, you know, and that's it. Not a million other emails, just the weekly updates. Yeah, we may throw in some links to additional articles and stuff we find interesting throughout the throughout the week, but we won't send you more than one a week. Yep, yeah. And we've already got... Dun, dun, dun two subscribers <laughs> let's look i'll be like one of uh, cooper's youtubers and say can we get to 10 can we do it <laughs> they always do that can we get to a thousand likes so that's the plan we want to get to a thousand likes on the mailing list so hope to see you there um okay so this week as promised we're going to talk about becoming immortal yes and i only want to do this if it means i don't have to deal with head colds Oh, right. I didn't even think of that. What if you're like immortal with a headache? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or uh, immortal with allergies. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would be, I don't know. So, okay. So the, the jumping off point for this is an article that Kelly found called Becoming Immortal, The Future of Brain Augmentation and Uploaded Consciousness. And just to summarize for you quickly, uh, kind of walks through a storyline bit by bit where 
you know, assuming the technology exists to replace neurons in your brain with something a little bit more uh, advanced. Yeah, let's say that, you know, it kind of walks through. It's like, oh, first you get a couple replaced and da, 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 da. And it kind of walks you through the, the slippery slope. It kind of walks you down the slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> And then before you know it, the vast majority of your brain is not original organic tissue and like, oh, you know, there is a meteor hurtling, hurtling towards the earth. We could just upload you to the satellite system that we have <laughs> right. circling the sun. And so they upload 7 billion people or whatever it would be at that time to the, you know, and, and at every point through the article, it says, are you still you? Are you still you? Are you still you? At what point do you stop being a human and start being something else? Okay. So like they're in... Like, this is going to get super, like, uh, philosophical, of course. But it it kind of, like, it, it calls into question a whole bunch, like, a bunch of words you just said. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, am, am, is my idea, how do you even say, I don't even know how like, to say it. But, like, you just said, are you still human? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's necessarily you. Oh, that's a good point too. You know, so like what, you know, it's, there's a whole bunch of things. And the other thing that the, the other thing that the article brings up, which I think complicates matters is that it also talks about augmenting yourself. So it's not just like, like your, your, your normal you, your normal self, and then you upload mm-hmm. your normal self into an immortal container. It's about improving, improving upon yourself. It's two things, right? So you know, like you essentially to summarize, it's a great article. You should probably read it, but uh, to summarize, you get through. Uh, you, you get to the point where you can like, yeah, it's like, it's like the matrix. Like I know Kung Fu, mm-hmm. right? You know, you just can practically upload the ability to, you know, virtuosically, is that a word to be, be a violin <laughs> virtuoso just by playing it for playing around with it for 10 minutes. And you understand like the most advanced concepts in physics. And yeah, it just, you know, it's like, to me, that's almost a separate question. Like yeah. the, the immortality piece versus the augmented, augmented. genius piece, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also an interesting question. So the, I'll, I'm gonna I'll quickly brain dump the couple of things that I've kind of because I've remembered this over the years, especially Ray Kurzweil's like um, singularity stuff. And there's a fundamental, I think, <laughs> assumption in the Kurzweil camp about being, you know, he's like, your brain's just a bunch of, you know, it's just a bunch of data and you could upload it and it's just still data. What's the difference? And like, well, the difference is you don't have a body. Yeah. And I think having a body is a fundamental piece, certainly of being human. Certainly of being human. Maybe not of being you, but certainly of being human. And if you change from human to something else, it's hard to imagine (laughs) that it would be like NBD. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just like the next day. Now I don't have a body because it would change. A, like, well, well what do I'm you not think? sure I agree with that. Okay. Because let's say you have someone who's a quadriplegic and uses technology to communicate. They're no less human. I mean, yeah, they have a body, but they're not making use of it. But they're no less human. Okay. But that's fair because we, we have to explore the slippery slope in the fringe cases. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine I'm trying to think of other tech, like... Like when was it Roger Ebert that lost his voice box? I think so. To cancer, it was one of them. I think Cisco was the one that passed away, and Ebert was the one that lost his voice box. Who knew that reviewing movies was so dangerous? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> and we've talked about this before. It's kind of like either one of us could, you know, obviously a podcast would be <laughs> dramatically changed, but <laughs> but we communicate ninety percent of the time via text chat. Yeah, and even even. Uh, 
when I'm not at home, that's the primary communication that I have with my family for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine a and it's, you know, and there's connection there. It's not the same thing as being in, in the same room, but there's still plenty. Of, well, plenty might be the wrong word, but there's still a lot of connection. And so to imagine the, the, the experience for the other person is what I'm kind of getting at is like, what if my choice was, okay, cease to exist or become a chatbot, And, and it's almost like whether or not I know that I still exist, I feel like the chatbot, if sufficiently advanced would be helpful to the other people in my family. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Helpful, helpful, but also it'd be kind of creepy. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> very it, creepy, super creepy. And well, this already exists, by the way, we should, uh, I'll link to this in the show notes too. But some, someone did create a chat bot of a friend who had done tons and tons of social media sharing, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And they kind of like took all of that as source material and created a chat bot for the guy. Mm -hmm. So friends could kind of still interact with them, which is super, I mean, it's super freaky when you, when you think of it, but if there was, if it's convincing, because you know the person's dead, so it's super, it's morbid. Yeah, it's kind of that kind of treads into the like bad for your mental health territory. I think right, like just let it go. Yeah, but if there's reason to believe that the person's still the 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 you of the other person still exists, mm -hmm. then it gets a little weirder. So it's like, you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. But then you have to be able to define the you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which brings us full circle. So the, there's, okay. So that there's the, the, we have so many things going on here. There's the immortal part. Okay. Like mm -hmm. what, imagine if you were immortal in your body still, first of all, because there's, that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. And then there's the, whether or not you're immortal, are you still human if you're not in your body anymore? Mm -hmm. And then there's the super genius augmentation. Augmentation. Angle. Yeah. And I think all of them are, when you combine them together, it's just, it's just crazy. But if you think, let's just think about the immortal one for a second. Okay. Let's say you're immortal, but still in your body. Okay. There's tons of sci-fi already around that, like, you know, like, uh, or, or even yeah. maybe not immortal, but yeah. more or less immortal. Yeah. Let's, let's say you're Jack Harkness. Yeah. The face of Bo. Well, who yeah. knows if that's really who it was. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> but, or, or somebody from like. Um, the Dresden books that we both mm -hmm. we both read and love. And where's the next one, please? Yes, where is the next one, Jim Butcher, please? Yes, we know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there are plenty of characters in that that are that are basically demigods from the Never Never, and they're like you know, sort of like elves, if you want to kind of a parallel. And they, they more or less, mm -hmm. there, there's like one day a year they can be killed, but. Basically, they're not going to die. Just stay in the house that day. Yeah, just don't go out. Yeah, you know. And there's there are other things like um, you know the vampires they live like for a thousand years or whatever, and it it dramatically changes in the books. And I think this would be true. It dramatically changes their opinion of uh, kind of like the value of a normal hundred year old lifespan person. Mm -hmm. They're just sort of like, you know, they look at them kind of like bugs. Like, oh, you're a bunch of immature nothings that are never going to amount to anything anyway and might as well just feed on you. It's like a fruit fly. Yeah, exactly. 
so and the other thing that happens with the immortality piece or at least the you know thousand thousand year lifespan is that you've got time to become great at a ton of stuff Mm -hmm. so you know you can be like uh, well just whatever you whatever you're interested in you can have like just be in the you know books it's always like oh they're like a great marksman or swordsman or they have time to like whatever magic spells and blah 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 yeah, you could you could play and be a kid for the first 100 years. Mm-hmm. But so here's the thing. If you know you're going to live for a thousand years, or at least that's a reasonable expectation, I feel like that's going to change your behavior dramatically. Yeah. You know, like, like there have been times when I have not had to work for like six months and I'm like, okay, I've got this big sort of, you know, fun employment period coming. I'm going to get so much done. All those things that I've been meaning to get to. And you don't do a damn thing. You don't do a thing. No, no. I just sit on the couch and be like, oh, I'll yeah. get to that tomorrow. It's like I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> I just feel like your whole behavior, your whole pattern would slow down. Yeah, you'd you'd become the, the world's biggest slacker. Yeah. <laughs> At least I, I would. Right. I feel like you would. It's like there's a certain motivation that comes from deadlines. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to, it's one thing. It's great that you have all of this time to explore and, and learn and master things. But, I mean, most of what humans can do can be mastered in fifty, sixty years. If you're going to live for a thousand, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I get to about eight hundred and be like, yeah, I should do something productive with my life now. <laughs> I've only got two hundred years left. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel like it would take a as kind of a at least above average individual to say, you know what, I'm going to embark on a thing that could only be done in a, like a, take a 300 year lifespan. Yeah. And, and maybe we're having trouble coming up with it because such things don't exist. Right. You know, or, or, or do they like you just, you know, the, the, the sort of body of scientific knowledge that has been constructed in a way that people can build on the work of, of past people, but what if, you know, what if uh, Tesla was still alive? Like, what would he be doing now? Right. Maybe there is no upper limit. We just don't, we just run out of time. Mm, right. So, okay. So that's, that's sort of the, the immortality thing I think is, is problematic potentially, but <laughs> honestly, of the three, like the immortality, the existing outside of your body and the super genius powers, like the godlike intelligence, I think the immortality one is the easiest to imagine dealing with. Because this the super genius one to me is the scariest. I think immortality, yeah. I'm really not sure. I don't I don't think it's that appealing. <laughs> well, it comes down to like do things are, are the people you care about also immortal? Like that's yeah, the that's true. That's which is true. a main theme in some of these books, which is like the immortal people immortals are not they're the, you know, very rare. And it's right. probably another reason why they view normal lifespan people as kind of like bugs, because they're just like, I'm not going to develop any emotional attachment to you. Or they try hard not to because it's just over and over. That feels like it would be kind of a curse if the other person was immortal too. Because it's like, you know, I, I love my husband, but I might get tired of him after three centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Those jokes, they're getting so old. <laughs> oh, man. So now, okay, so let's just add in super genius powers to the immortal okay. immortal concept. Because why not? Yeah. How would you not become insanely bored? Because if you have the ability to master like any instrument in 10 minutes or like an entire suite of martial arts or dance yeah. or, you know, the performing just arts. download Wikipedia. And- yeah, like it's like, okay, 
Like, then what's the point? Yeah. Do you like, do you still have a sense of mastery over these things or is it just like kind of like similar to me buying like a latte and experiencing the latte? Like, oh, it's pretty good latte. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's pr- pretty, pretty cool to like be able to play Paganini on the violin, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it just- it's not impressive to anybody. It, oh, okay. But this gets into like, if everyone can do it or if just if you can do it. If everyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah. If everyone can do it, it just it becomes just, that's the basic level of, of human ability and education. And there'll be a new, there have to be some new thing that pushes the limits that only people who like dedicate themselves to can achieve, I suppose. I guess that you'd have to come up with something else or, or yeah, things would get really boring and, and there would be, I don't know. I started to say there would be, well, it would it would eliminate a lot of things like like class and competition and but then on the other hand I'm like well if we were all that smart those things probably wouldn't exist wouldn't need to exist anyway from from like a social perspective yeah it gets so and, weird. and economic perspective hmm. so I think we just end up we just like take turns trying to make each other laugh I think I mean we just like try and <laughs> right. make jokes but. Uh, man, and, that, and now I just went to a Louis C.K. interview where he's like, well, the, the, the source of all humor is mortality, it, which is a whole separate interesting conversation, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I, I just don't, like, what would you do? Like, if you could do everything, what would you do? I guess we'd have to find new things that currently are so impossible that we can't even conceive of them that would be, yeah, I guess so. would be interesting. Like, oh, I I'm going to make so. myself levitate. Just, I'm going to learn how to levitate. <laughs> yeah, the... The, the secret, the guide said, to learning to fly is throwing yourself at the ground and missing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just keep trying it. I'm immortal yep. after all. Right. <laughs> so that does bring up the other thing. Like you, if your lifespan is infinite, but you could still be killed, it's different. Anyway, like invincible and immortal is two different things, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we'd get, I can just see, like, okay, I've lived for 3,000 years. I'll, I'll enter the, the death arena and, and battle <laughs> these other people who are tired of. <laughs> to entertain the rest of people who aren't ready to. Yeah. Oh, man. So, okay. The, this, let's get into the, this, 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 the issue of the super genius thing, I think, is the most close. So, in other words, the, the most realistic it's like a tool augmentation. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the what we were saying about the advancements to artificial intelligence. Well, are we gonna are we gonna end up with a a super intelligent AI that that we just can't comprehend? Right. That no. So here's the thing. I don't think we've talked about this before. What if that's in your head? So yeah, exactly. Like, it's kind of like that. You're just plugging it into your head. Yeah. So and then and that's like such a dramatic so crazy in sci-fi it's like beyond the beyond but it's really let's put aside for a second whether it's possible it's you're you're building a tool and augmenting yourself with it you're extending your human capabilities with it so how is it really different than a shovel or smartphone or the lens implant i have in my right eye yeah exactly or the lasik surgery that i had or or a cat and like uh, you know the fused ankle that my mother-in-law has like the screws in her ankle like it, it reminds me of the old, you know, oh, go get grandpa's axe, you know, and like grandpa's axe has had the head replaced 20 times and the handle replaced 15 times, but it's still grandpa's it's axe. still grandpa's axe, yeah. So like at what point, at what point does the, t- t- like somebody driving a backhoe is obviously still human. They're doing something inhuman, like something that's superhuman by mm-hmm. digging a trench in a parking lot. 
one, one person single-handedly digging a trench in a parking lot because they're augmented by this tool. And we don't seem to have a real problem, I think, as a society or even a race with, with mechanical tools. Right, because they're not physically part of us. Right. And so if you imagine, um, if you imagine a smartphone, which I, I often say, you know, a smartphone gives us a, a portal that's it's a doorway that we can carry with us everywhere to our our external brain so that if the you know we store both of us i know and and probably everybody listening to this at least stores their family photos in the cloud somewhere if not tons of other things Mm -hmm. and you have access to the entirety of human knowledge basically yeah that too let's not forget that so if you imagine that that's i i see that very clearly as a smooth continuum like of a tool thing, but it's very much a mind thing. It's a mind tool. It's not like a physical tool, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's a tool. I see it as a tool. It's an extension of ourselves. The, you know, we're extending our mind the way a baseball bat extends our hand or backhoe extends our body. And, but I don't think anybody thinks that you're not you anymore. Right. Right. So that, that tool extension, you're still you. It seems like the line is, it, it feels like the tipping point for the ethical debate is whether or not it's implanted, right? Like that feels like the, that point where you really have to question it because. Well, whether or not it's implanted and whether or not the, the thing that is implanted is some kind of quote unquote smart device. Right. Because I don't think, no, yeah, people don't. Well, right now we don't, I don't think we have medical technology that's sophisticated enough to start calling people cyborgs with just like from a hip replacement or something. I don't know. There's prosthetics that you can stimulate with the, like you, you stimulate neurons in, in your, like in the, say you have an arm amputated and mm. there's prosthetics where you can think and it about moving your arm and it stimulates neurons in your, your stump and then that controls the arm. Yeah. Like Luke Skywalker at the end of Empire. So, spoilers, sorry. <laughs> we're spoiling all the things. That, we're, spoil, we're spoiling stuff that's, you know. From the 70s. 10 to, 10 to 40 years old. Yeah. So, it gets, are, are you still you on Prozac? It kind of, that's kind of where the question is going with me because mm. that is making changes inside your body. You're ingesting this pill that affects things. Are you still you? Are you still you when you take aspirin? Of course. Everyone would say, of course. Yeah. Are you still, you know, is your kid still your kid when they're on Ritalin? Yes, but some people, some people don't like it though. Don't like the change in the personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you said, the antidepressants and, and the ADHD medications and all this, they're all, they're all meant to fix a a quote unquote problem. Mm -hmm. But or are you still you on acid or other illegal drugs? That, other mind altering, yeah. Right. Are you? I mean, I've never done any of those, but <laughs> I would say, yeah, you are. You are still you. I would. I would agree. You may be in an altered state of consciousness, a different version of you. But <laughs> I'm told. Yeah, I'm told that you don't feel like you turned into someone else. Um, at least that's my understanding. But okay. So, but with all of those things. That are they're internal, which I think is is a a major. Um, I think that's a major milestone. If we start taking a smartphone style of connectivity and putting it in our bodies in a way that is not easily removed, like you can't put it down, 
Like you can put it on your phone. You might not want to, but you can. And if, if somebody does like, you know, surgery and put something in your head that you can't by yourself remove, that feels different. Yeah. Literally and figuratively, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> but if instead the connectivity was a pill that you ingested and only lasted for a couple days that would connect you to the internet mentally. Mm-hmm. See, that feel, that's like... See, that I, feels like that's that would you would still be you. You would just be you who swallowed this thing. Right. It's somehow it's different if you're on a surgery table for me, which is totally arbitrary. Yeah. Hmm. I can't... I know that there's got to be like a logical impossibility or like a, a you could push this to a logical extreme that I'm not comfortable with, but I don't think I would be able to come up with an argument that that any particular point on the threshold could be identified as like where it turned bad, really, like ethically. I could certainly see having augmentations and things that change change you so much that your personality is wildly different and your behaviors are wildly different than they were before, you know, before all that stuff got plugged into your head. Mm. I want to say that that would make you no longer you, but at the same time, people change a lot over the course of their life. And that does that change? Like, like just the changes you go through over the course of like living your life, it's happening a lot slower, but who you are doesn't change. Well, I, you don't stop being who you are. It just evolves. Right. So, and the problem or a problem with that. So, you know, I've had epiphanies in my life about things and I know people who've like gotten religion late in life mm-hmm. and it, it can nuke your life. So yeah. like your current relationships and your current activities that you engage in, they can all completely change. It's still the person. But it will could nuke your life. You could end up divorced or lose all your friends or, you know, all that stuff. I don't think that's – and that's probably extremely distasteful to those people. But I don't think anyone would argue that it's not – you know, the, uh, you know let's, let's, let's leave brainwashed out of the situation and just say that, you know, it was like an epiphany or religious experience or something. And somebody decided to sell all their belongings and, you know, whatever, live under a bridge the people who are formerly in that person's life are not going to be happy about it. But if, if they, I suppose if they understood the source of the transition and they didn't believe that it was through coercion of some third party, they'd be like, all right, fine. If that's the way you want to live your life. But yeah, this is, this is the thing you've decided to do. Yeah. I don't think they'd be like, Oh, this is a different person. Like this person has been replaced like in transporters when like a different right. consciousness inhabits somebody else's body. Right. I think I think the key there is that that you decide to make these changes or that you you come to these realizations and, mm. and they're conscious decisions to, to change. Right. Actually, this is reminding me of a show called Unlimited where this guy, he's just like he's just he's just a musician, <laughs> says the musician. Uh, he's just this regular dude. And somehow he gets mixed up in this, you know, shenanigans and ends up taking this. It's like a pill that allows his brain, it kind of like opens up all the pathways in his brain to recognize patterns in a way Mm -hmm. that he can do superhuman stuff, basically, where he can like, he knows, he can like be in a scene, like a a street scene, like in a city, and be like, if I knock that coffee cup over in front of that lady, that car is going to crash. Right. Yeah. Like he goes full Sherlock. Yeah. He can see the whole, right. He can see the whole 
course of events in the sort of in the near future. You can kind of see the future and how to affect the near future based on, you know, the same way I could predict that if I push this coffee cup over, it's going to fall off the table, obviously. Right. You can just make a lot more connections. Things that are not obvious to anyone else all suddenly become extremely obvious to him mm-hmm. because he can see the patterns in the, the path of the cause and effect for at least for a short period of time. So at least increase the likelihood of, say, the car crash happening. And it wears off. It wears off after like 24 hours. But the, the so the interesting thing is when he's his the people around him are often curious, like, well, are you on it right now or not? Because mm-hmm. they don't know if they're dealing with someone who can basically outthink them, out, read them like a book. Yeah. Like he can tell when people are lying. So, you know, so it's like they want to know who they're not, who they're dealing with. That's how you would say it. Who am I dealing with here? But right. it's like, wh- it's more like, what am I dealing with here? Yeah. It's like, what are your capabilities at this, at this present moment? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So if you, which is going back, the reason I went on down that tangent is because you said you, if they decide to do it. So if I had the, it, this guy is pretty basically addicted to the rush of being able to, to, to do the, to be unlimited. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, and of course, like it's bad for him. Like he gets these wicked, you know, it's killing him basically. Um, but, uh, he can't, he doesn't want to stop doing it because the feeling is, you know, godlike. Right. Is that a decision or a dependency? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it, w- it's clear. I don't think the storyline really goes this way, but it's clear that it would be really bad on his personal relationships because he's just like, you know, he's operating at a level that makes everyone around him like a house cat. Right. And to to be able to maintain, I don't know, it seems like there's there would be really difficult to maintain a, what's the like word? You, just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't care. Yeah, you just don't care. It's like, it's like we were saying with the vampires. It's like, yeah, these it's are like basically like bugs. Like your problems are so insignificant to me that, yeah, mm. you, you just wouldn't care. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's hard to imagine maintaining um, a relationship with people who are just on such a different playing field. You're just yeah, at a well, different place. You know, I mean, I mean, not to get highly offensive here, which I'm about to, um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've known, I've known couples who have vastly different, like, like you said, they're just on completely different levels and the vast majority of the time, those relationships don't work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, physical. Let's say physical attraction is the initial impetus. It only goes so far. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like at some point you need to connect. That's the okay. There you go. There it is. That's what it is. It makes it the, being on such a dramatically different level would make it really hard to connect with people. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so so the so the funny thing about the uh, superhuman thing we were kind of talking about this earlier is that if everybody did it, what would be the big deal? Right, you'd still be able to connect because you could relate to everyone. Right, it wouldn't. You wouldn't feel like I. You wouldn't feel superhuman because everybody's the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, pr- I'm sure. Obviously, there'd be huge benefits in quality of life and uh, it's, so on and so forth. But it would be. But you wouldn't feel like Superman. Right. And then the other end of the spectrum is like only you have it, like the guy in Unlimited, and you just are just disconnected from everyone around you, which is all yeah, that, also very bad. That would be super boring. Yeah, super. I would think depressing as well. Yeah, depressing as well because you would you would just have no reason to engage with other people. 
Right. So then what do you do? Just, I mean, in the, he just goes around solving crimes, of course, but he wouldn't, but in the, right. in reality, he wouldn't care. Right. So oh, now I'm thinking of the show the, the they build the care thing. And because the, the reason he keeps taking the pill is because he wants to figure out a, a, a way to save his father who's dying. Mm. But the people who are giving him the pill want him to solve crimes. So he's like, he's like, okay, I'll solve your crimes so that I can save my father. And meanwhile, kill himself in the process. Pretty good show. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> I, think, I think I remember Richard mentioning it. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I stopped watching it. I think I watched season one. Anyway, Unlimited. We'll link to it in the show notes. And the email. In <laughs> the email, yes. Mm. So at uh, what point, so, okay, so to bring it back somewhat to reality, mm-hmm. there is a talk that I saw Elon Musk give, and he's so hilarious in his sort of matter-of-fact presentation of like, well, obviously all this, you know, he's holding a smartphone. He's like, obviously this is going to be implanted in it. Obviously, you know, like the, 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 the big problem right now with human computer interface is the IO problem. And the, you know, the input output problem is like really bad Mm -hmm. interface between the phone, which is the best interface yet for many things. It's still really bad for the vast majority of things compared to like your senses. Right. Just thinking about something. Yeah. So he's like, obviously this is going to be connected directly to your brain. (laughs) <laughs> and then he like goes on, <laughs> you know, it's like comments like that. They make some scary. Yeah. But it, I think he's right. You know, like uh, uh, that's obviously where we're going. I'll put it that way. And so in our lifetimes, if we imagine the, the next step, it, it, you see two popular trends. And one is uh, conversational computing, conversational interfaces, just mm-hmm. being able to talk into the air and get the information that you want and get things done that you want, you know, like, you know, Alexa, get me a car. Yeah. It struck me. It struck me this morning, just how odd it is that I now have Alexa in basically every room of my house. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I wasn't able to understand. <laughs> Shut up. And the other thing is AR. Yeah. So where, you know, so what we're doing is, especially with AR is bringing the, that's really both, both of them. We're, we're increasing the IO. So the decrease, in other words, decreasing the friction between the, what we need to do to interface with the external brain. Yeah. Mm. So I don't think anybody thinks like, you know, you having an, an A-L-X-E-A, how do you spell it? (laughs) A-L-E-X-A. Yay brain. Alexa, spell your name. Alexa is spelled A-L-E-X-A. It's spelled A-L-E-X-A. Yeah. So I don't think anybody would say, oh, that's not Kelly. That's not pure, true Kelly. She's augmented by this cloud computer that she can talk to. No mm-hmm. no one thinks that's like changing your identity. Uh, it, you know, in AR, if you had a pair of glasses on your face that you could take off that were giving you additional meta information about everything you were looking at in real time, perhaps even had a, a headphone that went into your ear that allowed you to, to listen to someone speaking Mandarin you know, in, in real time, translating it into English is that... That wouldn't change who you are. That's not changing who you are. Okay, so take the glasses away and have a retinal implant and a cochlear implant. Still you, right? Yeah. And then you take that away and it's a pill that just... It's a NFC or like a Wi-Fi pill or whatever you want to call it. Some kind of smart pill. Still you. S- still you. And at the same time, it's starting to get sketchy there though. I, and I guess the question comes down to like, well, okay, how many people have the pill? You know, because it be, it becomes mm-hmm. like it's at a certain point, 
it becomes an unfair advantage. Oh, you know what the other thing is? It, it brings up the, it brings up the, who am I dealing with right now? Like, because it's mm-hmm. not obvious. It's obvious that you're using a smartphone. Right. It's obvious when you're wearing the glasses. Yeah. Ask anybody who had a pair of Google Glass. Google Glass, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but if you don't know, you can see it already. It's like, are you connected right now? Like, are you, are you, it would, it'll be a much cooler word than connected. Where's William Gibson when you need him? Yeah. Like, are you jacked in right now? Oh, you totally went there. Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I mean, imagine a stupid example, like you're taking a test. Okay, no smart pills. You have to take a a P test before you take the test to make sure that you're not smart pilled. Because, of course, that's a stupid example because who would need to take tests if you could be, if you could connect directly to the internet, right? right? (laughs) So, I don't know. I mean, it's it seems pretty, like a pretty safe bet that something like this is going to happen in this generation. That there'll be some kind of, of... dramatically frictionless interaction aren't there aren't there already pills you can take to get like medical diagnosis or well not you as in the general public but haven't there already been tests with with such things i think the ones that you're thinking of i think that that what they do is uh, they're like bluetooth pills that will report back to the doctor or loved ones that someone did take a pill so oh. for older, older people who forget to take their medication, it alerts people if they didn't take it. I, I don't think, it, it. yeah, I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's anything that reports back diagnostic information from the ingested pill, but I, I think, I think what you're thinking of is that's that, coming. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, what it's just in this show transporters, not to get too sci-fi, but uh, they, you know, this guy is in a plane crash and they use like nanobots to reconstruct his organs one at a time. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he can't reconstruct his liver, so we're gonna grow one on that guy. Yeah, and, and then he's move got this like liver growing off of his abdomen on the outside, <laughs> right. and they transplant it into the other guy. And it's like, well, why couldn't that work? I mean, it's it seems like a tech challenge, you know? I don't know. Yeah, we have we have the technology. Mm. We can rebuild him. Yeah, for a lot more than six million dollars, but. Yeah, and, why, and it's not going to be metal. It's not going to be like it's not going to be like the end of you know Empire with the metal hand like Terminator. Right. I don't think it will. I think it'll. That just seems harder. It seems like it'd be easy. Like this is so easy for me to say. It seems like it'd be easier, easier to, to grow a hand yeah. than manufacture one. Yeah, doesn't it? I don't uh, know. If I was going to put my well, you could you could. I'm talking about like the one in the movie. So okay. Like the one in the movie was mechanically indist- It was like indistinguishable from the outside from a real yeah. hand. Like you could certainly have a useful prosthetic arm now, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like, I'm saying like, if you're going for like the full, full fake hand, like that is, that looks real. It's like, well, couldn't we just grow one? Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's a, there's the whole very, very tiny nanosurgery mm-hmm. and, and like the nerves and vascular level that I don't think we've conquered yet. But at the same time, until we do, you're also not going to, probably not going to get that level of realism from a prosthetic one either. So at that point, yeah, it might just be a wash. Yeah. I wonder if people should have like the So like, (laughs) so a couple of years ago I had some dental work done and they had to make a mold of all of my teeth. So Mm -hmm. So I have this like sculpture of my teeth on my, uh, on my shelf. It's like, (laughs) it's like my teeth sitting there. Cause, cause that's not creepy at all. It's like, yeah, it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. And every time I look at them, I think, you know, if my teeth ever get smashed out for some reason, I've got these, right. I've got, I can make a perfect mold of my teeth because I happen to have this thing. 
And I wonder, so like the hand thing, it's like, well, yeah, you could grow a hand, but it's not going to look like your other hand unless you have like, so like, what if it's a normal thing for like every couple of years, every time you go to your like physical, your doctor maps, maps you. Takes a scan. Yeah. To create like whatever they need for a mold in case, and just in case we have to regrow your left hand, we want to have this on file. Talk about like HIPAA, HIPAA requirements. it would keep people going in for their yearly physicals. It's, you know, like you're, you're 35 and lose your hand. It's like, oh man, I've been to the doctor since I was 12. This thing's so small. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have Donald Trump hands. Oh, <laughs> wow. That might be a good place to end it. Yeah, now the FBI is going to be on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. I'm sure we could go on like this forever, uh, but you don't need that in your lives. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to hear from you on the mailing list. So if you want yes. to go to, um, well, I don't, I'm jumping ahead. Let's uh, do a proper closing. Okay. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye. So what I was saying was, if you'd like to contribute to the discussion, you can go to terrifyingrobotdog.com and look for the Keep Me in the Loop button, sign up for our mailing list, and shoot us an email. We would love to hear from you and talk about your topic on the show. Sound good? Sounds good. Great. Bye. That's another (laughs) YouTube reference. Yeah. Yeah.